0: first known rules of golf were drawn up in 1744 by the gentleman golfers of Edinburgh in Leith, Scotland. Since then the game has changed dramatically. Golf courses, equipment and not least the rules. So where do I go when I want to learn about the rules of the game today? Well I go to the Golf Rules Questions podcast with Blakey and Roscoe of course. So sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Blakey here from Golf Rules Questions and with me is Stuart McPhee, my co-host on the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Hello Stuart, how are you?
1: Hello Blakey, I am very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Uh, well, I am tired. I've just had a big week at the International Series Singapore. Uh, actually, got the uh, got the hat to show it, International Series Singapore. We get a hat for every uh, tournament, so I've got one for Thailand, one for England, And now I'm sitting in my hotel room in Jeju Island uh, in South Korea, uh, getting well. I've got to sit here in the stay in the hotel because I've just had a PCR test, and hopefully I'll get my results within the next. They said six hours from when I got my test. So after we got off the flight, we went and got a test. But uh, that won't mean that I'll get to the golf course today. But I'll definitely get to the golf course. Tomorrow, uh, for the International Series career that uh, is g- going to be played this week. I can't remember the actual course. That's terrible of me, but uh, <laughs> it's on Jeju Island. And uh, I'm, I'm certain to let you know about it um, come the next podcast anyway. So, I certainly hope yeah. so.
1: That's fantastic.
0: A little bit tired, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be looking forward to it. The, the heat certainly took a lot out of us last week. The rep took a lot out of the refs, took a lot out of the players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the scores are like this week. It was fantastic with Saipong um, winning yesterday, uh, shooting 16 under. He's only a young fella. Uh, so it was – and, you know, there was a weather delay. Uh, right on the last hole, which was unbelievable. Uh, if they'd hurried up like we tried to get them to hurry up, um, they wouldn't have had that issue. But yeah, it is what it is. So that's, that's why violent. speed of
1: play is so important, right? All the time. You never it's,
0: know. Yeah. And, you know, there's as uh, obviously, as um, you've experienced a little bit, there's a bit of this TV time. So we give them this amount of time, but we know that, you know, if they have a bad shot or they lose the ball, you know, they're going to lose time, but then they've got to try and catch it up, which um, a lot of the I got into a lot of groups yesterday and they um, did well to catch it up over holes 11, 12, 13, 14. Um, and we got them into a good position apart from that last group. They just took a little bit longer than uh, they should have. Um, and that, yeah, we could have had it all wrapped up and done before that weather came in, but unfortunately we couldn't. Anyway, uh, we'll see how we go for pace of play this week and in, career. Uh, in now, What's on the agenda today, Stuart?
1: Well, the first thing I need to do is give an answer to the GRQ ODW from episode 63 before we get going any further and talk about anything you want to talk about today. You happy for me to do that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about, I I was like, I didn't even tell everyone what the episode number was and uh, you've just reminded me. So it's number 64 that we're going through, uh, doing it via Zoom. Um, obviously, you're in Australia and I'm in Korea. Uh, so, fire away with the question, and we'll have a chat
1: about the answer. We'll do. Well, you know the answer, of course. Uh, question was: Big P tees off on the second at Wombat Hills, and the ball heads very close to the outer bounds fence. Accordingly, he plays a provisional ball. Big P finds his original ball, however, it is unplayable, and he proceeds to take lateral relief. Of course, one of the three options available under unplayable. Big P drops the ball correctly, and the ball comes to rest in the relief area. Big P goes to get a club, and when he returns, the ball has rolled out of bounds. What does Big P do now? That's the question for this week.
2: Yeah, it's a tough one because most most people would
0: think that that was quite unfair that their ball, after having been dropped in the relief area, has now rolled out of bounds. And we didn't get any answers to that effect, but I would think that a lot of people would just say, "Oh, you just place the ball back for no penalty and carry on, mm. but that isn't the answer, is it,
1: Stuart? I don't believe so, no. So I think one of the things you know if if you were a referee on the side, you'd try to work out and give the benefit give the player an out by saying, "I wonder what could have moved it." And we know, you know, 9.2, 9.3 and all that. We know there's four things that can move a golf ball on the golf course. Um, And we know if it's natural forces, so if it's not something else, then it's natural forces. Um, And of course, we know if it's natural forces, then we play the ball as it lies, generally speaking, which of course now is out of bounds, which of course you can't play it from there. So uh, no, that's not the case. So what's happened is they've played the tee shot, taken unplayable ball release. So that's now their second shot. They they wanna play their third, but the ball's rolled out of bounds. We presume by natural forces because it's not known or virtually certain that it was moved by one of the other three things that can move your golf ball. And the only option we know if your ball is out of bounds is stroke and distance. The only confusion might be, as you said, people might think, oh, we can probably just drop it right there, but it's stroke and distance and we need to return to where we made our previous stroke. And even though we've had a penalty stroke added for the unplayable, Big P's last stroke was back at the tee. So that's where Big P needs to walk back towards, uh, walk walk back to, and unfortunately for Big P, he has another penalty for being out of bounds and he'd now be playing his fourth shot from the teeing area, unfortunately. That'd be the uh, answer to that situation.
0: Quite expensive, but uh, you need to think about these types of scenarios before you choose that unplayable option. Um if you, certainly if you're on the side of a hill or a slope, um,
2: there is a chance that your ball, after having come to rest, possibly may roll somewhere else. So
0: uh very good. And uh David Greve gave that gave that one a crack on YouTube um, and commented uh back to the T playing four. So very good David got that one spot on. Now the rundown for today, we thought it's probably about time that we went through uh, the actual rules of golf. So I'm going to essentially narrate them. And Stuart and I are just going to have a chat about, about them and maybe some insight and some examples that uh, we've come across in our travels. Uh, so starting at the first rule one, the game, player conduct, and the rules. The purpose of the rule, and there's also there's always a purpose statement at the start of the rule, which they introduced in 2019, which gives you you know the objective, the aim of what this rule is, um, you know why it is in the book for. So rule one introduces these central principles of the game for the player, that is to play the course as you find it and play the ball as it lies, play by the rules and in the spirit of the game. And you are responsible for applying your own penalties if you breach a rule so that you cannot gain any potential advantage over your opponent in match play or other players in stroke play. So that's the purpose of the rule. Now, it's interesting. You are responsible for applying your own penalties. uh, But you and I both know that there are a lot of people out there
2: that don't know the rules well enough to actually... Apply a penalty when it's when a breach has been incurred.
0: So, some can actually get away with something <laughs> innocently yeah. enough um, due to ignorance and their fellow group members thinking, Oh, that sounds fair, or you know, it would be unfair to penalize that person. Just similarly, in that question you had from episode
1: 63. Yeah. And as we know, in this particular rule, it actually talks about the expectation that players know the rules. Yeah, and they should yeah, know well, when they have breached something. But we, of course, know that's not necessarily the case.
0: That would be great if they did all know the rules. So now it goes into 1.1. So it's broken up into subsections. 1.1, the game of golf. Golf is played in a round of 18 or fewer holes on a course by striking a ball with a club. Each hole starts with a stroke from the team area and ends when the ball is holed on the putting green or when the rules otherwise say that the hole is completed. An example of that?
1: Well, the first thing I think of is match play.
0: Yeah, same.
1: And someone incurring the general penalty would be the, one of the obvious things that would jump into my head for that.
0: Without looking up, how many uh, how many ways are there for a player to win a...
2: I think it's how many ways are there for a player to win a hole? In match play? Yeah, but I, I think it might
0: be how many ways are there for a player to win a match. It's under actually under Rule 3, so we'll come to that. But we'll
1: get to that. Uh, yeah.
0: Just a question without notice. Actually, we'll leave that for the podcast family um, to have a think how many ways for a player to win a hole in match play. Um, now, continuing with 1.1, each stroke the player plays the course as he or she finds it and plays the ball as it lies one thing that you'll find from the new rules and the old rules it was just a he uh, the pronoun used was always he now it's he or she i mm. would have loved it if they said they i don't mm. know why they need to say he or she i thought they would have been more appropriate, but then I'm sure someone's going to email me and tell me um, they could mean more than one person, which is not what they wanted.
1: Well, the other obvious one is just say the player repeatedly. Play the course as the player finds it.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: Mm. yeah. Uh, Now, just a final sentence to 1.1, but there are exceptions when the rules allow the player to alter the conditions on the course and require or allow the player to play the ball from a different place than where it lies Uh, now we'll get to it but obviously there's some free relief options uh, for abnormal course conditions and there's some penalty options um, from a penalty area or an unplayable ball or you might have a local rule such as preferred lies MLR uh, MLR, MLR3 Okay, so that's rule 1.1, basically states what the game of golf actually is, nothing really further required um, other than the whole rest of the book. Um, So we can move on to
1: 1.2. Can I just jump in with one thing, if I may, Blakey, please? Um, When I first started learning about the rules, those two bullet points in 1.1 were the first two things I read. And they were sort of the underlying principles of the game of golf. And that is you play the course as you find it and you play the ball as it lies. And I then of course realized under the new rules that they are that important that each one has its own rule. And that is the course as you find it is all about rule eight and the play the ball as it lies is all about rule nine. So they're that important that they have their own rules. that's all. I just want to throw that bit of trivia in for that discussion. Yeah,
2: Yeah, no, that sounds play the ball as it lies.
1: Rule nine. Can't move well, it's all about it. the ball being lifted or moved and how it gets lifted or moved and what you need to do with it if it has been lifted or moved. This is all about rule nine.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it.
1: Which we will get to of course.
2: Play the balls it
0: lies. I mean, rule eight is also play the balls of lies.
1: Yeah, you can't do things to improve the lie.
0: Mm. Rule 10 is also about play the balls of lies with the correct way of playing it.
1: Making a stroke.
0: Mm. Um, now, rule 1.2, standards of player conduct, uh, previously known as etiquette, <laughs> um, which wasn't actually in the rules of golf, but now this is in rules of golf and you can or a committee can adopt golf penalties if there are breaches so
2: 1.2
0: a conduct expected of all players all players are expected to play in the spirit of the game by acting with integrity for example by following the rules applying all penalties and being honest in all aspects of play Uh, A really good important point, that last one, being honest in all aspects of play, uh, you can't really write a rule book for someone who is dishonest um, because it is actually, and I'm not promoting this, but it is actually very easy to cheat if you want to. It's not what golf is about, so don't do it. But, um, you know, the magic pencil or uh, the old foot wedge, You know, those are various uh, actions that people have taken in the past to be dishonest and cheat. So it's important that the game of golf is, you know, it's expected when you play golf that you be honest in in all aspects of your play. Now, the next point to 1.2A, showing consideration to others, for example, by playing at a prompt pace. Prompt pace, looking out for the safety of others and not distracting the play of another player. So obviously prompt pace so that the group behind aren't getting held up and they therefore enjoy their golf. Looking out for the safety of others so you don't hit the ball when <laughs> there's people in front of you or still on the green or still in the, in the, in the driving range area. Um, and not distracting the play of another player, so you know, turn off your mobile phones, or not shouting or talking loudly when someone's trying to pass, or something like that. Um, you know, these things. Some some people, and certainly in Clubland, aren't that precious about that. They'll just be in their own mind and won't worry. But um, that doesn't mean that it's right that you can just have a loud conversation when someone's trying to pass.
2: Now, the third dot
0: point to that: taking good care of the course. For example, by replacing divots, smoothing bunkers, repairing ball marks, and not causing unnecessary damage to the course.
2: I know of a few club members at Spring Valley, and I know this is at every course that you know they
0: they just treat the course like someone else or you know, someone else will come and pick up or fix their mess or they're not concerned at all by um, the way they've left the bunker, which is sad. It saddens me to think that those people feel so entitled um, that someone else is going to look after their mess and, you know, the way that those people live their life and live in society certainly reflected by the way i know it so sounds so simple but by the way they leave that bunker for other people they're not really being considerate which is the second point of other people who are going to be playing that course uh that that
2: yeah yep
1: absolutely now,
0: there's no penalty under the rules for failing to act in this way except that the committee may disqualify a player for acting contrary contrary to the spirit of the game if it finds that the player has committed serious misconduct. So penalties other than disqualification may be imposed for player misconduct only if those penalties are adopted as part of a code of conduct under Rule 1.2b. And then we have an interpretation that lists...
2: Um, some examples. of the actions, hmm. that, yeah, examples that uh, a committee may consider
0: adopting um, to penalise, uh, you know, players in consideration. Is that a word? In consideration.
1: Yeah, consideration.
0: But is there a? Can you put an "i" in to consideration? Oh no, I'm not sure we can do that. No. Yes, consideration. Unconsideration. Unconsiderate.
2: Inconceivable. Mm.
0: In, while I battle with the English language. Um, <laughs> now, here's so the interpretation, meaning 1.2a slash 1, meaning of serious misconduct. The, the phrase of serious misconduct in rule 1.2a is intended to cover player misconduct that is so far removed from the expected norm and goal that the most severe sanction of removing a player from the competition is justified.
1: This includes
0: Mm. dishonesty, you know, changing your score, deliberately interfering with another player's rights or endangering the safety of others. The committee must determine if the misconduct is serious considering all the circumstances. Even if the committee determines that the misconduct is serious, it may take the view that it is more appropriate to warn the player that a repeat of the misconduct or similar misconduct will result in disqualification instead of disqualifying him or her in the first instance. If it was cheating, if it was deliberately changing your score, I certainly wouldn't be giving a warning for that.
1: No, no. Um,
0: but examples of actions by a player that are likely to be considered serious misconduct include deliberately causing serious, uh, serious damage to a putting green, disagreeing with the course setup and taking it on themselves to move team markers or boundary stakes. Uh, Throwing a club towards another player or spectator, definitely dangerous. Deliberately distracting other players while they are making strokes. Removing loose impediments or movable obstructions to disadvantage another player after that other player has asked him or her to leave them in place. Wow. Um, You know, so if there's leaves or a big branch behind the hole that were there, blown there, um, and you said to Ross, hey, Ross, just leave them there. I'm going to part with them. (laughs) which you're allowed to do, and he removed them and wouldn't put them back, uh, even asked you, repeatedly asked him, you know, if the committee ad- adopted such a misconduct, code of conduct, uh, he could be disqualified. Uh, repeatedly refusing to lift the ball rest when it interferes with another player in a stroke play. Wow. Deliberately playing away from the hole and then towards the hole to assist the player's partner, such as helping the player's
2: partner learn the break on the putting green. That can also be, yeah, I guess that's under that twenty-three,
1: twenty-three, 23 four ball, yeah, yeah, twenty-three point yeah. eight, I think.
2: So, but they've deliberately uh,
0: put it in here specifically, deliberately not playing in accordance with the rules of. And potentially gaining a significant advantage by doing so, despite incurring a penalty for a breach of the relevant rule. You know, to me, deliberately not playing in accordance with the rules and potentially gaining a significant advantage is, well, I guess it's along that serious breach, isn't it, for a wrong place. Mm. What's another example off the top of your head where you deliberately break a rule? so as to
1: gain a significant advantage. You're lying up against an out-of-bounds fence and you go, well, I can't play from here. So you pick your ball up and move it five metres in and play it. So the distance is only okay. five metres, but I think that's more
2: serious than that. Because that's yeah, a but-
1: latent
0: is that a serious breach? And and rule seven fourteen point seven kind of covers it. And if it was a serious breach, then you're going to be disqualified, disqualified. anyway. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking maybe delaying your play um, because you know that there's bad weather coming on.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Mm. And, you know, deliberately not walking to your ball fast, going to the toilet when you don't when you've just been in the hole before. <laughs> um, that would be something that I would think would potentially go. How do you work that out?
1: Yeah, how do you police it? as wrong?
0: Yeah, police it. That's a tough one, but uh, that would be something that I'd be, you know, deliberately not playing in accordance with the rules and potentially gaining a significant advantage. Searching for your ball for ten minutes and saying, "Yeah, and then go so here, much. it is.
1: I got it." Yeah, um,
0: repeatedly. Yeah, so. Yeah, interesting. Repeatedly, another one, repeatedly using vulgar offensive language. Oh, well, it looks like I'm disqualified. Uh, using a handicap that has been established for the purpose of providing an unfair advantage or using the round being played to establish such an advantage. Uh, s- establish such a handicap. They are known as burglars or <laughs> in... In the US, they're known as sandbaggers. Okay, and there certainly are a lot of them around. Um, just going back to that, repeatedly using vulgar offensive language. I mean, I just, you know, maybe not this podcast, but I use offensive language in my everyday speak. Um, so that's the hence so I probably wouldn't even get on the golf course.
1: <laughs> but uh, it all comes uh, back to the committee, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they if they are also Aussie bogan's like me, then they probably think it's just normal.
1: Hmm. I mean, it's up um, to yeah. the committee to adopt the code of conduct. That's, true. that's list true, these as opposed to just a blanket. Hmm. Yeah,
0: that's right. So, you know, some clubs, there are no swear words. Uh, examples of actions by a player that, although involving misconduct, are unlikely to be considered serious misconduct include slamming a club to the ground damaging the club and causing minor damage to the turf. You know, that might be unlikely to be considered
2: serious misconduct, but if you did it repeatedly, which I think... Um, well, deliberately you causing serious damage to a putting ring, throwing a club maybe,
0: but, you know, sl- slamming to the club crud- uh, slamming a club to the ground—you did that every hole. Surely that's kind of some kind of misconduct.
1: Then' would get back to the committee. Yep. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. What you're saying is, you know, one committee might rule that it as disqualification; one might not. It all depends on all the facts and possibly player history as well.
1: I am playing with a guy on Saturday. Plays off plus two. Exceptional golfer. Three putted from about four meters. Just pushed the first one, just way too, just way too quick. Missed the return. Picks up his ball and with a full swing of a putter, sends this ball hurtling through the air at head height towards the trees. And I thought it was he hit it so hard and the ball was traveling so far. I thought if it hit someone, it would really cause some damage. Um, it was just that loss of temper. It's like the slam in the club into the ground. He, he didn't do it again. Didn't look like doing it again that whole day. It was just that snap um, of being so upset and having three-putted. Well, he didn't even get the third putt in or didn't even try the third putt. He'd wiped the hole. But um, yeah, it's just that instant Yeah, snap. He just snapped. And if that ball had hit someone, geez, that
2: would have hurt. Mm. It happens. But People see him clubs that, into the ground. Effectively... He might not have got gotten a
0: golf penalty that day, but surely he would be up in front of the committee and have something to answer for.
1: Hmm.
2: I
0: mean, uh, do it repeatedly. I don't know. I can't say with uh, with certainty, virtual certainty, that uh, this has actually happened. But sure, we saw at the Singapore of the international series, Singapore, um, one of the players. Who was in the last group on the second and last day, uh, third and fourth day, um, on TV through his club, and basically in the pro world, that's a no-no, and you get fined for that. So,
1: hmm. uh, I am um, just say- if I can share some background. So, I've I've only done a handful of professional tournaments, but at one of those that you you are at. And I absolutely will not mention the player's name. You would know the player. He missed, you know, three-putted and his his golf bag is just off the side of the green. And with all of his might, he throws his golf ball towards his golf bag, 10 metres away. He misses his golf bag. His ball then starts hurtling down the fairway, you know, another 70, 80 metres. And I just thought, it's just not a good look. And I spoke to a person you and I know very, very well um, running the tournament. And he said, thank you. I'll just have a quiet word to him. And I thought that was a reasonable response because I'm sure that person with a great deal of experience would have gone to that player and said, mate, you're an exceptional player. You're elite. You have a great future. You, you can't do this stuff. So there's probably an example of nothing's going to happen. There's no one straight penalty or general penalty, but it's certainly worthy of having a conversation afterwards.
2: Yeah, it's funny.
0: I mean, those tennis players—they seem to do it a lot more and break rackets, and, and they definitely get fined. I mean, Kyrgios must spend a fair—not that <laughs> he not that he, need, not that he uh, would be worried about ten thousand dollars—but must spend a little bit on on fines every
2: year. Yeah, breaking rackets and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's right. It's not a good look. It's, it doesn't look good on the tournament. It doesn't look good on the player.
0: But, uh, yeah, so it sort of just
1: needs to be called out, stamped out. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Can I just make another comment on 1.2, if I may, please? And this is, again, just from Clubland. And I think, you know, some of the examples there about taking good care of the course, you know, just those standard ones that all the time there are, sorry, repairing pitch marks, replacing divots or filling them with sand, smoothing out, raking the bunker, after these are perennial problems at clubland and i've said it at a previous club i said it at my current club i wrote an email to the general manager not so long ago just saying you know breaking a bunker's it's it's poor you know that you get to a, a green you know there's only been four groups before you but i'm repairing more than one pitch mark i'm repairing mine and others that are that look pretty fresh and it's just that it's just a perennial problem and i said to the general manager if you start, it's all very well and good to have a code of conduct policy, but you need to have the, the want and the motivation to enforce it. And you need to have a committee or whoever it might be going, yes, there's a, there's a policy, but actually we're going to enforce it. And if word gets around that one player copped a one-stroke penalty because he was seen not raking a bunker or was a general penalty or got a warning and then got disqualified the next round or then whatever happened, that would get around really, really quickly. So it's all very well and good to have the policy. You need to have the management and the committee prepared to enforce it. That's all I'll say.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. No use of having a policy without forcing it. Otherwise, yeah, what's the use of it? having the policy in the first yeah.
1: place? It's just window dressing. It's just there for the sake of having it.
2: And and even worse, if you do have a policy that you don't enforce, it makes you look very weak. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just another couple on the actions of a player that,
0: although involving misconduct, uh, unlikely to be considered serious, uh, throwing a club towards a golf bag that unintentionally hits another person. (laughs) Uh, And then carelessly distracting another player, making a stroke. Then 1.2 finishes off with 1.2b, Code of Conduct. The committee may set its own standards of player conduct and a code of conduct adopted as a local rule. The code may include penalties for breach of its standards, such as a one-stroke penalty or the general penalty. Um, The committee may also disqualify a player for serious misconduct and failing to meet the code's standards. And then it goes on to say, see Committee Procedures Section 5H, and that actually gives you some help in creating um,
1: your own policy.
0: Code of policy. Mm-hmm. So I'll just really quickly read through this. The committee may set its own standards of player conduct. It's all, it's all very similar words from Rule One to five point, uh, Rule One point two to five point five eight. Um, The committee may set its own standards of player conduct and a code of conduct adopted as a local rule, see Rule 1.2b. If the committee does not set a code of conduct, it is restricted in penalising players for inappropriate conduct to using Rule 1.2a. The only penalty available for an act that is contrary to the spirit of the game under that rule is disqualification. So if a club is deliberately thrown at a player, which would most likely incur... Uh, disqualification, anyway. Uh, but yeah, without a code of conduct, that is the only
2: um, penalty you could apply. Um, disagreeing with course setup, you know, you could give them uh, under 1.2, I guess you could give them a warning, uh, but you need to set that up in the code of
0: conduct. Then the second offence would be disqualification, but you could change that in the code of conduct to to be the second offence as a two shot penalty.
2: Now,
0: setting a code of conduct and setting a code of conduct, the committee should consider the following when setting limits or prohibiting a player's actions through a code of conduct: the committee should consider the different cultures of the players. For example, something that may be considered inappropriate behaviour in one culture may be accepted under another. Uh, same totally language,
1: straight,
0: too, probably, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Um, you know, it, it might, uh, sort of a more rule based country like Germany, Japan. Um, yeah, it, it is to the letter of the law, and you can't do it. Where, whereas another country, um,
1: go on, say Australia.
0: No, I was going to say the US, actually, where. <laughs> okay.
2: Sometimes it can be um, uh, looked upon as an act of uh, strength or honour um, to apply the rules in a manner that doesn't really
0: sit well. You know, they've really tried to circumvent what the rule mm. is there for. Um and so, different cultures like that, and you have to work out whether you need to apply golf penalties or you apply disqualification. Uh, the penalty structure will uh, that will apply for a breach of the code of conduct, uh, breach of the code, um, i.e., who will have the authority to decide penalties and sanctions. For example, it could be the case that only I mean, certain committee members have the authority to apply such penalties for a minimum or a minimum number of committee members need to be involved in making such a decision or any member of the committee has authority to make such a decision, uh, and whether there will be an appeals process. <coughs> um, you know, there's a fair bit in, in 5H, but it is quite good, I'll, I'll, I'll go through it. Um, if uh, if, you're, if you're having trouble sleeping, this may help you out. The committee may include the following within a code of conduct: a prohibit, uh, prohibition on players entering all or specific. Well, I'm really struggling today. Or specified no play zones. You know those environmentally sensitive areas yeah. that yeah. a council uh, or a government authority has adopted because they want you to stay out of that area. Mm. Uh, you know, you might it might be you can't play from there, but you can still go in and get your ball. Whereas if it's an environmentally sensitive area, you're not even allowed to go in and get your ball. And if you do, um, there could be golf penalties of one stroke or two stroke, um, or it could just be a sanction that you can't play the next week.
1: Uh, Another example, sorry, with no play zones, is a one-off scene, is when there were large storms, a lot of trees have fallen, and some are now vulnerable to fall, and they've roped it off, and yes, it's a no play zone, you can't play from there, but we actually don't want you even going in there to retrieve your ball. And obviously doing that could be a, anyway, sorry, just a, a real yeah, life no, club land example. That's mm. a health and safety issue. And you know,
0: the club could be liable if you do actually go in there and hit yourself.
1: Yeah. Mm. Uh,
0: the committee may include the following within a code of conduct. Um, oh, I've said that the probably. Didn't. Uh, Specific details of unacceptable behaviour that a player may be penalised for during a round, for example, failure to care for the course, for example, not raking bunkers or not replacing or filling divots, which you mentioned before, the one-stroke penalty, and once someone's been penalised, you know, word gets around. Uh, Unacceptable language, abuse of clubs or the course, you know, breaking a club or damaging the course, being disrespectful of other players, referees or spectators, uh, or the dress code, not, a, not adhering to the dress code. Uh, possibly wearing metal spikes when you're not allowed to. Possibly wearing black socks black when Black socks, man, to. it should be
1: white. Mm. Uh,
0: the committee may provide in the Code of Conduct that a warning will be given for the first breach of the code and not a penalty unless the committee considers the breach to be sufficiently serious. A committee needs to determine whether the Code of Conduct applies to a player's caddy and whether the player can be penalised under the code for actions of his or her caddy during the round. It would not be appropriate to penalise a player under the code of conduct for a breach of a spectator code by the player's family or supporters. For example, in a junior competition where family members are not allowed to walk on the field on the fairway or within a specified distance of the competitors, the player should not be penalised for any breach by a spectator. That's quite an interesting one. Surely... I guess someone gets them gets to the spectator and say, "Hey, you're not allowed to be there," um, and then it's a case of if they do it again, we're going to kick you out, rather than we're not going to penalise your son or daughter or, or dad
1: or mum. You know this working in this organisation, but the f- you know I've done quite a few junior tournaments, and I know some of them have rules where they actually don't want the parents involved at all. They can't be caddies, um, just to prevent something going, you know, um, something untoward happening because of the protective nature of the parents and getting upset when something goes wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. one one of the worst things um, about that helicopter parent um, is they certainly slow down the player. They don't make it enjoyable for the player. Um, you know, giving too much instruction. Oh, you should have done this. Your coach did this. Dude. Why do not you do that? I can't believe you had a free part.
1: Let me just film your next stroke and I'll play it back to you as we walk down the fairway.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know,
2: that's
0: just overbearing and certainly not like golf. You know, golf, there's going to be stars out there. There's going to be golfers who aren't stars. But at the end of the day, the main aim um, is that the golfer enjoys himself, whatever level they're at. And if you've got
2: someone, you know, talking in your ear about how good or how bad you are, um, it's not going to help. Um then section uh
0: next chapter, I guess, of this one. Determining penalties for breach of code. When determining the sanction and penalty structure that will apply, the committee should consider the following. If there were to be a warning system for any before any penalty or other sanction is imposed, uh, you know, well, you didn't repair that divot. Uh, so we'll give you a warning and don't do it again for that round. Um, so whether the sanctions will be of a disciplinary nature or involve penalties under the rules. So again, that's what we're talking about, golf penalty. Um, that's the penalty that will affect your score for that round or a disciplinary nature sanction so you can't play the next competition. Uh, whether the penalty for each breach will be set as one penalty stroke, the general penalty or if penalties will escalate. The committee should not use any other types of penalties that will apply to a player's score um what they mean there is uh you know the warning one stroke two stroke and then disqualification or it might be warning one stroke at uh, this is stroke play of course warning one stroke two stroke two stroke two stroke two stroke you <laughs> know and so you never get to disqualification that's up to the committee when what they do with the code um or it might be just you know two strokes and then disqualification. Uh, if the code will allow for disqualification for serious misconduct and failing to meet the code standards whether a penalty will automatically apply whenever a player breaches one of its standards or if such a penalty will be left to the committee's discretion Um, if different penalties will apply for breaching different aspects of the code and disciplinary sanctions that a committee may impose including refusing to allow the player to enter one or more future competitions run by the committee or requiring a player to play at a particular time of the day, such such sanctions are separate from the rules of golf and it's a matter for the committee to write and interpret any such sanctions.
1: If I may, I think at Clubland that's what has more impact. If some guy has 27 points and you take a point off him, he's going to go, yeah, okay, I don't care. But if you start affecting that person's ability to book in and book two times, play in the next comp, and worst case you know, be suspended from the club for a month, that's when it hurts a player. <laughs> that's when they might take notice. As I said, just taking him from 27 down to 26 points, you probably couldn't care. Yep. Uh, he or she. Mm.
0: Pretty spot on. I, um, you know, we, we temporarily suspended two players the other day, although one appealed and got off. Um, but, and this was outside of golf, but in regards to our club membership, um you know we suspended and reduced the opportunity for them to play simply because they would book themselves in and then not show so they were no show um and so you know they had a warning the second time they did it it was one week off golf and two weeks off being able to book in um the third time it happens it'll be two weeks off and three weeks not being able to book in online you have to ring up for that third week. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it has an effect. But, I mean, it's so easy to just call up or send an email before your tea time saying, oh, I can't turn up to that.
1: Very, very easy. Uh, now,
0: three has a sample penalty structure, so which is what we're sort of talking about. The following model penalty structures give an example of how the committee may choose to penalise breaches of code of conduct in the local rule. The committee may decide to implement such a penalty structure without a warning or sanction for a first breach, or it may provide different penalties for each item within the code of conduct. For example, certain breaches may result in a one-stroke penalty, with other breaches resulting in a general penalty. And model penalty structure, just exactly what we said, sort of the warning one stroke, two stroke disqualification. Uh, Spirit of the game and serious misconduct, Under Rule 1.2a, a committee may disqualify a player for serious misconduct by acting contrary to the spirit of the game. This applies whether or not there is a code of conduct in place for a competition. When deciding whether a player is guilty of serious misconduct, the committee should consider whether the player's actions was intentional and whether the act was significant enough to warrant disqualification without first giving a warning and or applying other penalties when a code of conduct is in place. Examples of actions that could warrant Disqualification under Rule 1.2a can be found in, in Interpretation 1.2a1,
2: which we've already spoken about. So there we have 1.1 and 1.1. I mean, 1.2. Was that all as clear as mud?
1: Clear as crystal.
0: I mean, you know, this this can be a very dry and boring subject, in, uh, part of golf. It's more for those committees. Committees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to create those
2: code of conducts to make it easier um, to run the club properly and appropriately. And run competitions fairly. And run competitions fairly. Now, uh, if yeah. 1. 3 and
1: 1. No, we
2: go to 1.3 and 1.4... No, there is no, no 1. 1.3, 1. yeah. There used to be, be 1.4 um that is now 20.3 point...
0: yeah yeah the one where resolving it's not,
1: issues
0: it's yeah if it's not in the rules. oh no if it's
1: it sorry 20.3 it's not in the rules you're going to decide what's fair yeah and reasonable
0: okay so we'll go through 1.3 which is probably a little bit more interesting than 1.2 Uh, Playing by the rules, 1.3a, meaning of the rules and terms of the competition. The rules means rules 1 to 24 and definitions in these rules of golf and any local rules the committee adopts for the competition or the course. So local rules aren't part of the rules of golf and they're not part of the competition
2: unless they have been adopted by the committee. Okay? Players are also responsible for complying with
0: all terms of the competition adopted by the committee, such as entry requirements. You know, if it's a seniors event, it's a junior event, a women's event, a men's event. Um, the form and dates of play, the number of rounds and the number and order of holes in a
2: round. Then see Committee Procedures, sections 5C and section 8. We won't talk about them today.
0: Um, We could go through local rules at another time, certainly. There's a lot of them. Yeah, 1.3b, applying the rules. Player responsibility for applying the rules. Players are responsible for applying the rules to themselves. Players are expected to recognise when they have breached a rule and to be honest in applying their own penalties. If a player knows that he or she has breached a rule that involves a penalty and deliberately fails to apply the penalty, the player is disqualified. That seems pretty appropriate, I'd say. I would think so. Uh, if two or more players deliberately agree to ignore any rule or penalty they know applies in the air, Any of those players have started the round. They are disqualified, even if they have not yet acted on the, on the agreement. Uh, can you think of one there?
1: Yeah, well, the two that I think of, one is the match play one. Um, when they both players one and breaches a rule and the opponent goes, yeah, no worries, don't worry about it. <laughs> and, the, and the other one is uh, the common example I see is when two guys or two girls say, hey, look, anything inside the putter, you know, grip length, well, it's just a gimme, just pick it up, just see the stroke in a stroke play event. Um, And even if they don't act upon it, they've agreed to sort of breach a rule. They're the two that I think of.
0: They can be disqualified before they even um, even start.
1: Yeah, because they've agreed on that.
0: Mm. Um, Now, that is in one of the interpretations, and so we're going to cross over that one. Uh, when it is necessary to decide questions of fact, a player is responsible for considering not only his or her own knowledge of the facts, but also other information, all other information that is reasonably available. And a player may ask for help with the rules from a referee or a committee, but if help is not available in a reasonable time, the player must play on and raise the issue with a referee or the committee when they become available. See rule 20.1. Now let's go through the, Interpretations on Rule 1.3b, so 1.3b1-1, disqualifying players who know a rule but deliberately agree to ignore it. If two or more players deliberately agree to ignore any rule or penalty they know applies, they will be disqualified unless the agreement is made before the round and is cancelled before any player involved in the agreement begins his or her round. Uh, Your example which was in stroke play two players agree to consider putts within a club length of the whole hold when they know that they must hole out on each hole.
2: Mm.
0: While on the first putting in green, another player in the group learns of this agreement that player insists the two players who made the agreement hole out, and they do so. Even though neither player who made the agreement acted on it by failing to hole out, they are still disqualified because they
2: deliberately agreed to ignore the rule 3.3c. All good. Let's discuss that now. 1.3b1/2.
0: In order to agree to ignore a rule or penalty, players must be aware the rule exists. Rule 1.3b1 does not apply, and there is no penalty if players agree to waive a rule that they are not aware of, or fail to apply a penalty that they do not know exists. This does make me laugh. These ones.
2: Examples <laughs> with two players
0: unaware of a rule or where they have failed to apply a penalty and therefore are not disqualified under Rule 1.3b1 include in a match so match play, two players agree in advance to concede all the putts within a specific length but are not aware that the rules prohibit them from agreeing to concede putts in this way. So that, that's a match so stroke play that would be a breach they both mm. be disqualified but in a match if you're ignorant of the rules um, basically what they're saying is it's only affecting that those two players and as long as they aren't
2: aware of what the rules are then it's you know you're only affecting yourself effectively yeah Um,
0: whereas in stroke play you could be helping
2: your other group member your fellow competitor or disadvantaging both of you um Uh, And so it's not – ignorance of the rules does not – well,
0: not disadvantaging both of you, but disadvantaging other people around
2: in the field. But because the um, uh, stroke play, you know, ignorance of the rules is not not good enough. Uh, Another example, before a
0: 36-hole match, two players agree that they will play only 18 holes and whoever (laughs) is behind at that point will concede the match. Not knowing that this agreement does not comply with the terms of the competition. The match goes forward on that basis and the player behind up to 18 holes concede the match. Since the players do not know such an agreement is not
1: allowed, the concession stands. Um, yep, well, I mean, it could happen. Another example you know, of that is when it's you're in a match and it's getting dark and you go, let's just walk the next three holes and agree to halve them and then we'll just finish on the last two. Yeah, yeah, no worries, let's go. Yeah, it's getting late. Um, not knowing you can't do that, and of course, if neither know, then match play, match stands as played. What, do, they didn't you know.
2: Do, what do you have to do to allow you to halve a hole?
1: You're going to start the hole.
2: Make so a stroke. Least, you have to at least have to start it. Now if, and then you if can
1: go, let's it.
0: If Stuart tees off outside the teeing
1: area in a match... Damn, has the hole been started?
0: As the hole, and I recall, I'm I'm your opponent, and I
2: recall
0: the
1: cancel the stroke. Yeah,
0: has the hole been started?
1: Well, I know in stroke play it hasn't, and in match I'm inclined to think it has. But if you cancel the stroke, you're going to throw a wobbly on me. No, I think it has started.
0: Did you you say in stroke play it has, and match play it
1: hasn't? No, no, no. Stroke it hasn't, because you played outside the teeing area. Match
2: it has.
1: That's my understanding, without checking it.
2: Um, well, let's check it. Uh, would it would be 6.2? 6.1? Yeah, 6.1. Starting play of the whole.
0: Now, we'll, we'll ruin talking about 6.1 when we or when we get to it, but we need to find the answer out for this one. A player started a hole when he or she makes a stroke to begin the hole. The hole started even if the stroke was made from outside the teeing area or the stroke was cancelled under a rule. There you go. So you could make a stroke outside the teeing area. I cancel the stroke, but the hole was still started. And then we go, okay, let's just call it a half.
1: We could walk off the previous green and I could tee it up and make a stroke to begin that hole. And you go, that's not the teeing area. Yeah, No worries. I've still started the hole. <laughs> yeah, we started right. the hole and we agreed to have it. And off we go. That's right. walking. That's spot on. Mm. I wonder if
2: your intention was your intention to start the hole or is the action?
1: Well, this is when we come back to, you know, is that within well, the spirit of the game? And Oh, well, yeah, and, true. But your intention was your
0: intention to make a stroke or was your intention to circum circumvent the rule so that we could
2: yeah, let's, hurry up and, and clearly the half so we could yeah. move, so we could move. On going. And,
0: you know, if you're at this screen here
2: hmm.
0: and the next T is a par three but we just want to skip it and go straight to the par four, which means you, you, the par three is down to here, but then you walk back up to the par four. So those greens and T's are by, yep. right beside
2: you. Mm. And
0: instead of playing the par three, we would just want to go to the par four. So you walk off the green, you a ball four yep. metres. One metre, yeah. So I mean, I've, I've started the whole, um, was, your, was your intention to actually make a stroke or was your intention to circumvent? the rule, I don't think your intention was to make a stroke to start player that hole.
1: No, but you have.
0: Have you? Because it's not a stroke if you never had an intention to make a stroke.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it comes down to the player again. You just say, was that your intention to make a stroke? Of course it was. Was your intention yeah, well, to circumvent right. the rule to halve the hole? Yes, it was, but I made a stroke. That's spot on. And I said to you, oh, um, we read the rule for
0: 1.2 of dishonesty and I said you can mm. You know, it's very easy to cheat. So I, I could ask yeah. you a question, you could be dishonest in your answer as to saying absolutely. whether.
1: Absolutely. And then uh, you can't t- do anything well. to prove it otherwise.
0: That's right. And you it comes to back to the
1: player's that. intent. Hmm.
0: You'd have to take that to your grave, a
1: Of of course, of course. And some people probably would be very comfortable doing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That to the grave. I mean, we've all known, we've all seen people cheat, or players cheat, and I know one who is perennial, and he knows it. He knows he cheats, and he's been banned from trips, golf trips because of it, because other people don't want him on the trip. You'd you'd think you'd just want to change, wouldn't you? But obviously not. You would, and you know, a very simple example, if I may talk about the foot wedge and everything, is balls buried in the grass. Hey, I'm just going to mark and identify this ball, which you're entitled to do. Tee in the ground, picks it up. Yep, that's mine. Puts it back in the grass, but doesn't put it anywhere near back deep enough in the grass than it was. Just so yeah. simple to do. Know, everyone else looking from a distance. Oh, yeah, he's put it back in the grass, but it's now sitting ten centimeters up higher.
0: Yeah, and then you just hope that he goes right underneath it. And
1: of course, <laughs> of course you do. Now,
0: now uh, all the other hole in the pocket. You know, you lost. You, you're looking for your lost ball, and you just drop one through the pocket out into the um the pants.
1: Classic scene from uh, Goldfinger, James Bond.
2: Yes, that's right. And then the joke that. Entailed from that, you know, they're
0: looking around, looking around for a ball, and then a guy says, oh, "I
1: found it." Oh, job! Ah,
0: and then the other guy, you know, well, that's James Bond, who was—he was deliberately cheating as well because he was standing on um, the ball, he was? so they were both cheating. <laughs> anyway, anyway, go and watch. You know James the scene?
1: Good, you know the scene well. Good.
0: There was, there's not many, you know. When you see a golf scene, um, you don't watch the movie. Well, you, you don't want to shoot the movie for the movie. You watch the movie for the golf scene.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: in a stroke play competition, the player and his marker, who is also a player, unsure if the relief area for ground under repair is one club length or two, unaware of the rule, they agree that it is two club lengths, and the player takes relief by dropping a ball almost two club lengths from the nearest point of complete relief. Later in the round, the committee becomes aware of this. Although neither player is disqualified under Rule 1.3b1, because of it, they were unaware of the rule, the player has played for a wrong place and gets the penalty under Rule 14.7. There is no penalty for accidentally giving incorrect information on the rules of golf. Important: hmm. um, accidentally giving incorrect. If you deliberately give incorrect information on the rules of golf, that's um, pretty awful. Well, that would go back to rule 1.2. So say I'm, you know, in a similar situation,
2: uh, I'm beating you off the... That's terrible. I am um, have a lower score than
0: you and I'm looking like I'm going to win the monthly medal. And then I'm in an ACC and I say, oh, I've taken my nearest point of a complete relief. Is it one club link for two? And you deliberately say it's two club links, knowing that... Um, you're going to dog me in and <laughs> I'll get the wrong place penalty then you yourself would incur uh, yeah disqualification I would say that's a serious so. misconduct yeah. to uh, you know even if there is no code of conduct you would be seriously um, that's a serious breach of the code or serious misconduct and you would be dis- disqualified accordingly because you deliberately. So with this sentence here, there's no penalty for accidentally. If, you, if you're if you like, oh, it's uh, just waving at me. Yeah, two club links. Think You know, even thinking that I was taking an unplayable, I'd take the two club links. You know, I was, uh, it was just a free one. And then you're like, oh, crap. Well, you, now you're penalised too.
1: <laughs> Imagine we could spend a whole podcast talking about all those accidental uh, rulings given on <laughs> club land.
0: Don't give, me, don't give me ideas. I mean, this one's already gone for over an hour.
1: you know what Uh, I mean? Like, how many times people get it wrong anyway?
0: Yep, that is very true. Now, number two, accepting players' reasonable judgment in determining a location when applying the rules. This is really important, this one. This is very, very important. 3 b 2 Many rules require a player to determine a spot, point, line, area, or other location under the rules, such as estimating where a ball last crossed the edge of of a penalty area, estimating or measuring when dropping or placing a ball and taking a leaf or replacing a ball on its original spot where the spot is known or estimated. You know, you're walking down the fairway, you see a fox come and grab your ball, but then they drop it or they don't drop it and they just keep going with it. You've got to estimate and it's, you know, when you're seeing this 2D version almost um, of where the ball is located, you, you know, you could be out by a meter. You could be out by five meters.
1: I think the most um, common example of this would be uh, penalty area, last edge cross. Surely, would yeah. be the most common example of this. Determining so that, where that point
0: was. That was an interesting. Actually, you need to get the
2: footage of the eighteenth uh, yesterday at uh, the international series because you know there was some interesting rules
0: um, scenario there. Uh, where they had to estimate where the ball last crossed the penalty area. Um, yeah, replacing a ball on its original spot where the spot was or estimated, Such determinations about location need to be made promptly and with care, but often cannot be precise. We did see the video that we posted um, with Daniel Berger, Victor Hovland, and Joel yeah.
2: David. Yeah.
0: Um, at the players. You know, such determinations about location need to be made promptly. Well, they, I wouldn't say that they made it promptly. Mm. They had an argument about it.
1: Way too long. Um, mm.
0: So, which was, you know, which is annoying. Um, they got there in the end, I guess. So, long sorry,
1: just quickly digressing. Does... Sorry, just that's the checks and balances of having a marker, which we'll get to in rule three. But that's where the checks and balances are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: mm. Point. So, so long as the player does not, uh, does what can be reasonably expected under the circumstances to make an accurate determination. I mean, it's very hard to work out where the ball crossed the penalty area, 250.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Sure is. Um, The player's reasonable judgment will be accepted even if after the stroke is made, the determination is shown to be wrong by video evidence or other information. If a player becomes aware of a wrong determination before the stroke is made, it must be corrected. It must be corrected. Rule.
1: Most obvious one of that is actually then dropping and then finding your ball in the penalty area and realise it couldn't have crossed where you've dropped.
0: Or oh, an interesting one to that is having virtual certainty that your ball went into the penalty area, but
2: you, you find and it you elsewhere, it and then you
0: found it outside. Well, now you don't pick it up and play. You have to take the drop, and you just have to play it from that position, even if Seven. you know the ball was further down. It's been proved so wrong. Yeah, if it's further down in the penalty area, you have to pick up and redrop In the correct it spot but if it's not yeah. the penalty area then you play it from where it lies where you
1: dropped it which is 17.1c
0: which is quite funny uh now then we go on to 1.3c penalties actions giving rise to penalties a, pl- a penalty applies when a breach of a rule results from a player's own actions or the actions of his or her caddy See rule 10.3c for caddies a penalty also applies when another person takes an action that would breach the rules if taken by the player or caddy and that person does so at the player's request or while acting with the player's authority. An uh, example of that would be you'd make a putt, you see that it's going towards the hole and you didn't actually want the flagstick to be left in. So you yell out, hey, take the flagstick out, While the ball was in motion. Um, the flagstick wasn't being attended or hadn't been removed, they remove it um, and the ball goes near the hole close enough that the flagstick may have affected where the ball would have come to rest, you would incur a penalty because you've authorised that person to remove the flagstick.
1: Can I give a simple example as well, please?
0: Uh, yep. After this, oh, you- the player sees sure. receive- I just want to finish this last dot point. Of
1: course, of course.
0: He's another person about to take an action concerning the player's ball or equipment that he or she knows would breach the rules taken by the player or caddy and does not take reasonable steps to object or stop it from having
1: That's
0: an interesting one. Now, Stuart, what was your example?
1: No, it was just a very simple example of pulling a tee shot left into some thick grass, playing a provisional onto the fairway, going down and finding your original ball and yelling out to the <clears throat> to the guy walking down the fairway May pick up my provisional, I found my original. Then realising that the original is not your original and it's another ball and then can't find it within three minutes and you've already told someone to pick up your provisional compared to not yelling at anything and the person goes, oh, I see that he's found his original, I'll just pick this up for him anyway. But the player didn't tell that person to do it and there's a difference. So I think that's a very interesting rule about telling you know someone acting with your permission yep. with your authority on your behalf is a very important part of the rules you can't be and immune then, you can't get out of it get away with it
0: yeah no good point point. and then if it was their opponent that picked it up without the authority then their opponent uh, incurs the penalty um you know that, that's yeah a really good example there uh now we get into rule 1.3 c1 interpretation So 1.3C1 slash one action of another person breaches a rule for player. A player is responsible when another person's action breaches a rule with respect to the player if it is done at the player's request or if the player sees the action and allows it. Examples of when a player gets the penalty because he or she requested or allowed the action include. A player asks a spectator to move a loose impediment near his or her ball. If the ball moves, the player gets one penalty stroke under 9.4B. And the ball must be replaced. So,
2: you know, yeah, I, see, yeah.
0: I see that you you have found my ball and I see that you're about to move this big branch to get that out of the way and help me and I don't say anything.
1: Right.
2: Obviously, that would be a, uh, a breach. You know, a penalty also applies when...
0: Because you're try, you're basically trying to circumvent that rule um, by letting someone else do your dirty work.
2: <laughs> now,
0: another one that a player's ball is being searched for until grass, a spectator finds the ball and presses the grass down around the ball, improving the condi- conditions affecting the stroke. If the player seeing that this is about to happen does not take reasonable steps to try to stop the spectator, he or she gets the general penalty for a breach of the rule 8.1a. I hope we never see that. Like, I, hope, mm. I hope we never see that example But because, or, you know, it'd be very hard to rule on. I mean, the first thing we would say, hey, 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 just, you know, leave, we found the ball, leave it alone, get out of the area, you know, let the player do what they need to do. But uh, yeah, interesting, interesting. If that ever happened, hopefully not, never. Um, Now we move move into one point, the rule 1.3 C2, levels of penalties. Penalties are meant to cancel out any potential advantage to the player. There are three main penalty levels, one stroke penalty. This penalty applies in both match play and stroke play under certain rules where either A, the potential advantage from a breach is minor, or B, a player takes penalty relief by playing a ball from a different place than
2: where the original ball lies. So potential advantage that is minor. You think it what? Oh, yeah.
1: Um, lifting a ball for interference and cleaning it.
2: Uh, yeah, spot on.
0: Or just causing your ball to move uh, yeah. when you're not allowed to.
2: And a player takes penalty relief by playing a ball from a different place would be... When penalty realize, area. Um, yes. Penalty area or unplayable. That type of thing. So that gets one straight penalty. So
0: sometimes they think of B as an error
2: penalty or a penalty for an error uh, and A um, they think of as a minor mm.
0: potential advantage. So um, if you hit it in a penalty area and you can take penalty relief, that's an error of play. Uh, the general penalty, loss the hole and match play a two-stroke penalty and stroke play is the next level. This penalty applies for a breach of most rules where the potential advantage is more significant than where only one penalty stroke applies. And then the other penalty is disqualification. And both match play and stroke play, a player may just be disqualified from the competition for certain actions or rule breaches involving serious misconduct. We've been talking about rule 1.2, or mm-hmm. where the potential advantage is too significant for the player's score to be considered valid. You know, playing a wrong ball. Um, That would be one of those ones. If you don't correct the mistake, then you're going to be disqualified.
1: Or picking up my tee shot from the fairway, dropping it on the green and putting.
0: Yeah, wrong place, serious breach. Can you think of any other penalties um, that aren't listed in those three? I
2: can think of two other types of penalties. You can you count a warning or no? No.
1: Penalties? No. I'm, I'm after a hint, but you probably won't give me one.
2: Um, one is in four
0: point one. So that's clubs. Other, yeah, and the other one is in nineteen point three. That nineteen point
1: three is unplayable in the bunker.
0: Yeah. So I'll take warning for that one?
1: Taking outside so If you t- take it outside the bunker, that's two strokes.
0: In stroke play and match play.
1: Right. Not a loss of holes. So it's not,
0: it's not called a general penalty. No, no. Sorry. Strokes.
1: Okay. And what was the first one? So that's having excess clubs, is it?
0: Yes. What's the penalty for that in
1: um, match play? Match a was the loss of up to two holes. The first two holes. Well, when they, whenever the breach occurs, you lose that hole up to a maximum of two. Is it a loss at all though? Obviously not the way you've asked. No, it's not. Okay. What is it? Is it actually a two-stroke penalty?
0: I'm not gonna give you, you you've gotta get it, okay? I've given you way too many hits.
1: Okay, well, I'm gonna find it while you keep talking. First, <laughs> I've
0: gotta <to> pad out. <laughs> the first word starts with match.
1: Oh, match adjustment—is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, that's it. Spot on. Or match. Yeah. Okay. So even if you lose the hole, you could oh, also okay. have another decrease in your match score. Right. You adjust the match new.
1: score as it stands, sort of. Or if you win the
0: hole, you could still have another. You could actually have a match adjustment down because you've got too many um, clubs. Got it. Thank you. Now, number three, there's no discretion to vary penalties. So penalties need to be applied only as provided in the rules. Neither a player nor the committee has authority to apply penalties in a different way and a wrong application of a penalty or a failure to apply a penalty may stand only if it is too late to correct it. Uh, in match play, the player and opponent may agree how to decide a rules issue so long as they do not deliberately agree to apply the rules in a wrong way. So. Um, what that's talking about is you and I are playing and you hit from a wrong place. You know, you cause your ball to move, it moves three inches and then you hit it from a wrong place. And I say, oh, that's just a one shot penalty today, Stuart, uh, which is incorrect. We we don't have the um, ability to change the uh, penalty. You know, yeah. We don't
2: have
0: the authority to change the, the penalty. Oh, it's not that big a breach. Well, Hmm. it's black and white here. The breach is the breach, and there is a penalty that the rules of golf apply to that breach, no matter how big or small that same breach is. Uh, Number four, applying penalties to multiple breaches of the rules. If a player breaches multiple rules or the same rule multiple times before an intervening event happens, such as making a stroke or becoming aware of the breach, penalty that applies depends on what the player did. Now, this is, again, can be quite dry, uh, but it it also can be very interesting. When the breaches have resulted from unrelated acts, the player gets a separate penalty for each breach. And we do have a few examples through the interpretation, so I won't spoil it. (laughs) Uh, When breach resulted from a single act or a related acts, the player gets only one penalty, but if that act or acts breached multiple rules involving different penalties, the higher level penalty
2: applies. Uh, That would be... I'm going to cheat here and give an example. That would be something uh,
0: like... Causing a ball to move is a one-stroke penalty, but not putting it back and then playing from the wrong place is a two-stroke penalty. You don't get the three-stroke penalties. No. You get the higher of the two. Um, and actually, the way the rules are written,
2: that uh, didn't have an interpretation, uh, but... Uh, or maybe it did. Uh, but they actually came out with a clarification just
0: specifically saying no if you cause your ball to move and it's not a serious breach when you play from the wrong place it is only two shots it's not and so there is a clarification about it. um for example multiple procedural breaches if a player's single act or related acts breach more than one of the procedural requirements for marking lifting cleaning dropping replacing or placing the ball where the penalty is one stroke such as both lifting a ball without marking its spot and cleaning the lifted ball when not allowed, the player gets one penalty stroke in total. That that's actually really important mm. to, to realize if play a player single act or related acts breach more than one of
2: the procedural requirements, then um the, the player gets just the one penalty stroke in total. Uh,
0: that, yeah, I'll find a question for that. We might find a question for that coming up in the next podcast. Um, what about if really you? Um,
1: what about if you didn't mark the spot, lifted the ball rather than cleaning it, you actually substituted it in? Then you're talking about um, the higher penalty applying. Yes, that's right.
0: That would be the two-stroke penalty for incorrectly substituting your ball. Um,
2: do you do you do you get the penalty for? Lifting it without not, marking. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't. No, related. This, this is a procedural requirement. Hmm. Uh,
0: well, no, it says the procedural requirement for marking lifting where the penalty is one stroke. So... Oh, here we go. Playing incorrectly, substitutable ball from a wrong place, and stroke player. If a player plays a substitute ball, we're not allowed in breach of rule 6.3b, and also plays the ball from a wrong place in breach of rule 14.7a. The player gets two penalty strokes in total. Okay, I get that one. You've su- in- incorrectly substituted a ball in and placed it in a wrong place. Um You only get the two. Penalty not getting
1: the four. Mm.
0: But, yeah, multiple procedural breaches. That if it's playing a single act related, um,
2: so you lift your ball without marking it and then you incorrectly substitute another ball,
0: I reckon it would be two strikes. I don't think it would
2: be it has, three. Have
1: to be. No, it wouldn't be three. It'd have to be two. Let's, it certainly uh, let's wouldn't one. It,
0: it, might, it might actually be an interpretation, so we'll have a look in a second. Combined... combined Procedural and substitution... Oh, here, oh, here we go. go. Just, <laughs> Just keep reading, David. You know. is <laughs> David, how about, how about you do your homework and then you wouldn't come up with these...
1: There we go. We already got the answer. Two yeah,
0: strokes. Uh, Combined procedural and substitution wrong, ball, wrong place breaches in-stroke play if a player's single act or related acts breach one or more procedural requirements where the penalty is one stroke and also breach one or both of the rules against playing an incorrectly substitutable and playing in the wrong place of play, gets two penalty strokes in total.
2: So you um, pick your ball up in the middle of the fairway. You then substitute
0: um, another ball and place it a scorecard length away because you think the preferred lies are in play, but they've been adopted but they haven't, then you're only going to get two penalty strokes
1: in total if you find it. Effectively getting the higher of the two.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's lucky. Uh, but any penalty strokes a player gets for taking penalty relief, such as a one-stroke penalty under Rule 17.1, 18.1, 19.2, are always applied in addition to any other penalties. So you take relief yeah. you take relief from a penalty area and you place the ball within two club lengths, how many penalty strokes do you get?
1: Uh, one for the penalty area relief and one for assuming you played the place to ball. One for playing the place ball. Two for playing the place ball. Is it was a two? I thought it was one. If you drop correctly in the relief area, sorry, if you place the ball in the relief area, so it comes to rest in the relief area, but you place rather than drop. So that'd be fourteen point three.
0: I reckon we've discussed this before.
1: Interpretation
0: 14.2b two slash one. Player drops for 14.2b. Two slash one player drops ball when ball is to be replaced. When a player drops a ball, when the rules require him to him or her to replace the ball, the ball is being replaced in a wrong way. If the player replaces the ball in a wrong way, but on the required spot, the the chances of this happening are not as zero. This includes if the player drops the ball when it comes to rest on the required spot.
2: That's the very she
0: yeah, you only get you only get a one-stroke penalty then. But if the player has dropped a ball that has come to rest somewhere else other than on their required spot, he or she gets the general penalty for playing from a wrong place. on place. Ball without correcting the mistake.
2: Mm.
0: So if you, you know, if you take relief from a penalty area and you dr- uh, you place the ball when you're supposed
2: to drop the ball. Um, then that's a two-shot penalty plus the one-shot penalty from the penalty area. You happy with that or you're not happy with that?
1: Um, I thought it was a one-stroke penalty, but... The one you're talking about, let's look... 14.3. Uh, 14.3 B3. Um,
2: the ball must be dropped in the relief area. The player may stand either inside or outside the relief area when dropping the ball. If the if
0: a ball is dropped in the wrong way and of one or more one or more of these three requirements, the player must drop the ball again in the right way. And there is no limit to the number of times the player must do so. A ball dropped yeah. in the wrong way does not count. Blah blah blah. If the player was if the ball was played from the relief area, the player gets one. Oh, if the player does not drop again and instead makes a stroke at the ball from where it came to rest after being
2: dropped in a wrong way, if the ball is played from the relief area, the player gets one penalty stroke. So that, in that case, you see the difference? Well, that's you what I thought. Drop, if it's in the relief area, you just haven't put it there properly.
0: Hmm. You've dropped it, but you've dropped it in a wrong way. Sure. Yeah. But in this case, you haven't dropped it at all. You've placed it. Yes. And so that's why you get the two shots, not the one shot.
1: Okay. You know what? We'll Even revisit this in Rule
0: 14. You're not happy with that one?
1: No, no, that's fine. Um, no, no. Not a, no, of course. You know now, the rules better okay. than I
0: do. Oh, don't say that. I told someone today I'm uh, I'm no expert. I uh, I just really – I know the basic rules really well. That's all I say.
2: No If we go –
0: if we go into the interpretations, 1.3 C4 slash 1 intervening event between breaches results in multiple penalties. This is the fun stuff. When a player breaches multiple rules or the same rule multiple times, any relationship between the breaches is broken by an intervening event and the player will get multiple penalties. The three types of intervening events where the player will get multiple penalties are making a stroke. Example,
1: That's an that? Yeah, that's the one I remember, making a stroke is the obvious. Are you, you're reading it right now, are you? No, 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 sorry, I'm in rule 14 still.
0: Uh, stay there, stay there. <laughs> Can you think just off the top of your head what the other two would be?
1: Uh, one is becoming aware of the breach.
0: Yeah, I would have got that one off the top of my head. What's the other one?
1: You've told me this and I've, you know, it's one of those things that I've written down. There's, I'm, I like lists. So one's making a stroke, one's becoming aware of the breach. Uh, taking relief, is a guess?
0: Yeah, it's pretty close. I don't think I would have got that. It's putting a ball into play. Okay. Um, we were, okay, so I'll give you some examples. Example for making a stroke. In stroke player, player's ball was near a bush. The player breaks branches, and this improves the area of intended swing. The player makes a stroke, misses the ball, and then breaks more branches. In this case, the stroke that missed the ball is an intervening event between the two breaches. Therefore, the player gets two separate two-stroke penalties. Or... Under rule four uh, rule eight point one A four penalty strokes in total. So if you're going if before you get to your ball, you break two branches,
1: improving the cats. You know,
0: that, that's, yeah, you've improved your cats, and that's only one breach, two shot penalty, but you break one branch, you make a stroke, um, and you miss the ball, and then you break another branch, um, you've improved your cats twice, and the intervening act was the stroke. Uh, now, Putting a ball into play examples. In stroke player, player's ball is under a tree. The player breaks tree branches, improving the conditions, but then decides the ball is unplayable. The player drops the ball within two club lengths and then breaks more tree branches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many how many, stroke penalty, how many strokes penalties, how many stroke penalties uh, does the player incur for that one? So
1: so assuming the second instance also improved the cads and is therefore a breach of 8.1. Yeah. then again, you've got to think there's four because you've um, put another ball in play. Plus plus the penalty of unplayable.
0: Spot on. So you get five Mm. penalty strokes in total
1: and you haven't even
0: made a stroke.
1: Yeah, haven't even moved the ball anyway. Or you moved it two club lengths.
0: Another example, a player's ball lies in the fairway and he or she accidentally moves the ball at rest as required by rule 9.4. The player replaces the ball and adds one penalty stroke. Before making a stroke, the player accidentally causes the ball to move again. The player gets an additional penalty stroke and must again replace the ball for two penalty strokes in total. Two different breaches and you put the ball, the the placing of the ball back where it was required. Putting to it back be. in play. Mm. Yeah. Whereas if you'd knocked it into
2: a different spot and you have to put it back and then you kicked it again before you'd put it back, there was no intervening act there.
0: Um, and lastly, becoming aware of the breach example. when stroke player, plays player's ball lies in a bunker where the player takes several practice swings each time touching the sand. Another player advises the player that this is a breach of the rules. The player disagrees and takes several more swings. Does it again.
2: Mm.
0: Practice swings again touching the sand before making a stroke. And correctly informing the player of the breach of the rules is an intervening act or intervening event and therefore the player gets two separate two-stroke penalties for four penalty strokes in total. Interesting though, because you make, say you make three strikes, practice strokes in the sand, practice swings in the sand, touching the sand. That's only a two-shot penalty. And then um, I come and say, "Hey Stuart, you can't do that." And you make three more. That's only two two-stroke penalties rather than a two-stroke penalty.
1: Should be twelve, it, you reckon? It should be eight. It should <laughs> oh, be two, yeah, I don't see it saying yeah. no two, 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 two because you made three. Because and you now know. Well,
0: that's right, you know. And so you're blatantly, do you
1: do it? yeah, blatantly breaking a rule.
0: Why don't you do it three more times? Anyway, they, yeah. they only, they, they look after you there and they only give you four. Uh, a couple more in, uh, interpretations. When I say a couple, we've only got five to go and I'm sure you've already all turned off. Um, 1.3 C4 slash two, multiple breaches from a single act result in a single penalty. A single act may breach two different rules. In this situation, one penalty is applied. In the case of two rules with different penalties, the higher level penalty will apply. Uh, for example, a player presses down the grass behind his or her ball in play and player improves the lie in the rough, accidentally moving the ball as well. The single act that is pressing down the grass breached two rules, Rule 8.1a and Rule 9.4b, and yeah. only one penalty applies. In this case, the penalty under 8.1a is the general penalty and the penalty under rule 9.4b is one penalty stroke. Therefore, the higher level penalty applies and the player loses the whole match play or must add a total of two penalty strokes and stroke play under rule 8.1
2: ball, uh, 8.1a and, and the ball must be replaced. Um, now, if you don't replace it, I think that would be under the Combined procedural and substitution wrong place breach. Well, maybe maybe not, because that's procedural and substitution. This is improving cats, um, causing your ball to move, and then playing from a wrong place. Hmm. I think I might. Interesting. Let's keep going. I might come back to that one. Unrelated. One
0: point uh, three C. Four slash three, unrelated acts in the context of rule one point three C4 are acts of a player that are of different type or associated with a different process. Examples of unrelated acts where multiple penalties apply include making a practice swing that touches sand in a bunker and bending an overhanging tree branch that interferes with the player's swing. Although uh yeah, so one is the, the eight point one and then the other one is twelve two, the practice swing that touches sand in a bunker. Uh, another one is moving an immovable obstruction and improves the area of the player's swing and pressing down grass behind the ball. Uh, moving an immovable obstruction is a breach of 8.1 and so is pressing down grass behind
2: the ball. Uh, but they're two different types of 8.1. Breaching of
1: 8.1.
0: Uh, examples of related acts where only one penalty implies include making several practice swings at touch sand and bunker. We covered that one. Asking for mm. two different pieces of advice, such as what the club, what club the player used, and what wind, what the wind direction is, both related to the process of selecting what club to use for the next stroke. That's an interesting one. 1.3c44. Mm. Uh, not replacing the ball may be considered a separate and unrelated act. In the example given in 1.3c4 slash 2, a single act of pressing the grass and moving the ball breached two rules and resulted in a single penalty being applied. However, Rule 9.4b requires that the move ball will be replaced, and if it is not replaced before the stroke, the we player will get an additional penalty of two stroke penalty strokes. Two strokes under Rule 9.4, the failure to replace the ball is considered a separate and unrelated act. That's wrong. That uh, 1.3c4 slash 4, is wrong, um, and they brought out a clarification for that. You might actually be able to find that clarification. And uh, if you do it, find it now, you can read it out to us. Uh, Otherwise, (laughs) you can come back to it. I'll let you you come back to it. Rule 1.3c slash one, another in a general interpretation of rule 1.3c. Player is not disqualified from a competition when that round does not count. In competitions where not all rounds count, a player is not disqualified from the competition for being disqualified from a single round. Examples are when a player is not disqualified from the competition. In a handicap competition with two best of four rounds count, a player mistakenly returns his or her scorecard with a higher handicap that affects how many strokes are received in the first round. Since the higher handicap affected the number of handicapped strokes received. The player is disqualified from the first round of the competition and now has three rounds in which to determine his or her two best net scores. That's fair enough. You're not disqualified from the whole competition. It's just that that round won't be allowed to count. In a team competition with four player teams, where the three best scores for each round, are added up to make the team score for each round. The player is disqualified from the second round for not correcting the play of a wrong ball. The player's score does not count for the team score in the second round but the players' score would count for any other round of the competition. Fair enough. It would be actually quite interesting if two players were disqualified um, <laughs> where three best scores for each round are added up. If, that, if two players disqualified, they wouldn't, the team wouldn't have to be disqualified in that case. And then 1.3c slash 2, applying disqualification penalties, concessions, and wrong number of strokes in a stroke play playoff During a playoff in a stroke play competition, the rules are applied as follows. If a player is disqualified, such as for making a stroke with a non-conforming club, the player is disqualified from the playoff only and the player is entitled to any prize that may have been won in the competition itself. Um, Yeah, so I think we actually mentioned one of those last week where it might have been a community question where you find out you've got a non-conforming club but as part of your 14, You don't actually use it.
2: Um, And then during the playoff, you do use it and and you're disqualified
0: from the playoff. But
1: this is a separate round. Yeah,
0: that's right. That may mean that you come second or third in the overall competition.
2: Uh, If two players are in the playoff, one player is allowed to concede the playoff to the other player. Uh, that brings me back to someone called me out on that they uh, said you're wrong because I think one of my
0: questions was you're not allowed to concede in stroke play but there is this
2: um, potential uh, situation where you actually can concede the play after the other play
0: you know, you're not going to make you're not going to make the score that's going to threaten them and you say, okay, that's it. And then that player can actually pick up their ball. because mm. um, you can see, That can't then turn around and say, oh, we're both disqualified for not holding it out. Uh, in the last example, in 1.3c slash 2, player A mistakenly gives the wrong number of strokes to player B and that mistake results in player B lifting his or her ball, such as when player B thinks he or she has lost the playoff, player a player b is allowed to replace the ball without penalty and complete
2: the hole there's no penalty to player a that's interesting a play player. in match play if you could give the wrong strokes even wrong number of strokes even if it was
0: uh, accidental um you've lost the hole but unless
1: it's, uh, unless you correct it before they make their next stroke is that right
0: that's right unless you correct it before they make the next stroke or tee off on the next teeing area. Um, but in stroke play,
2: you can actually get away with it um, as long as it was accidental. Um, and then the other player just
0: replaces them. Well, right. Did you find that clarification?
1: I did. If a player moves his or her ball in play in breach of 9.4 and plays it from its new location rather than replacing it, The player gets only the general penalty under rule 14.7 for playing from a wrong place. The act of moving the ball in breach of rule 9.4 is related to playing from a wrong place in breach of rule 14.7.
0: I wonder what they were thinking when they, you know, because I say that it's wrong, but maybe there's a situation where it could be right, but uh, I wonder what they were thinking when
2: they...
1: They are related. There's a reason why you're hitting it from the wrong place.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you've moved. You've actually moved. Wow. That was a uh, riveting podcast. Was that, the, what was that 30 say. minutes? An hour and 30. Um, yes,
0: riveting riveting uh, podcasting that was. Um, I hope you've uh, learnt. I mean, I've actually learned a lot more from just reading it out and, that's probably the most it's, – uh, it's a bias or a selfish act of reading all, this, uh, all the rules and the interpretations because it means I'll probably um, hopefully learn something. I will learn something. I've already learned something. Um, so I hope you all enjoyed that and you can, uh, yeah, sleep well tonight.
2: Now, moving forward,
0: let's get on to question rules uh, – golf rules question of the week, 64. Stuart. Your turn to turn and your turn to talk.
1: Speak of uh beginning play of a hole. So Charlotte and Helen are playing a match, they're on the par three, third hole at Wombat Hills. Charlotte hits her tee shot long and it goes out of bounds. Helen then realizes that Charlotte has played from outside the team area and tells her this. Charlotte asks, So, what does that mean? Helen explains that she has the right, as the opponent, to cancel the stroke. However, as her ball went out of bounds, she decides not to. Charlotte tees it up again, this time inside the teeing area and plays her third shot onto the green, five metres from the hole. Helen's tee shot is only three metres from the hole and says, thanks, Charlotte, that's my hole. Why would she say that and is she correct?
2: Wow. Wow. I've got to unpack that one. as to uh, Why she would think that?
1: You know the answer. You just need to unpack it. Uh, and read it and read it
2: I, again. Yeah, and listen to it again. Uh,
0: hopefully, um, someone else will get that answer before I get it. There's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a challenge. Um, right. I think we should end it there. Um, this this might take some people a couple of weeks to listen to the whole thing.
1: And that's okay. They can do it in parts.
0: Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I think it's your turn to go through rule two next time. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: <laughs> and uh, we probably should do a little um, side piece podcast for all the rule situations that have popped up uh, this week, such as the Cameron Smith one, which is quite interesting.
2: And uh, yeah,
0: we had a couple of uh, situations that um, International Series Singapore too, so
1: we need um, to hear about the real life examples you're given on the Asian yeah. Tour. I only had,
0: I only had really one, uh, and I texted you on Thursday and I said, uh oh, a guy's hit his ball. It was only twenty meters off the green, and he's hit
2: his ball into the flower bed behind the green and lost it, and so then he had to go back and he." He still had his options
0: from within the penalty area, and he still had his options on the 17.1D. Um, but he also had that extra option of dropping at stroke and distance back inside the penalty area, which is the option that he took. And I just, I nearly tripped myself up, but I just um, caught myself at the last second saying, okay, if you'd stroke and distance back to your last place play, it has to be in the same area of the course. Whereas if he was, somehow taking a lateral relief and it could be in any area of the course except the same penalty area i i managed to figure it out
2: um but uh yeah i just you know sometimes it's the most simple ones that can trip you up but hopefully i can nail them right Thank you very much for listening,
0: everyone. And uh, wish me well in Korea. Thank you. I'll take that. And uh, I'll, <laughs> I will uh, chat to you next week and let you know how it all
2: goes.
1: Good luck in Korea, Blakey. Thank you, Stuart. Speak soon.